Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London podcast. What's this podcast all about? Well, like life, I'm figuring it out as I go. It'll grow and evolve as I do and as you do, hopefully. I want to figure out how to keep living my best life, even when it feels like the world is imploding. It'll be a little bit messy, emotional, confronting, and hopefully we'll be able to laugh about it along the way. I just had my first baby and every Tuesday, I'll be on a quest to figure out how to live my best mum life while keeping my career, passions and dreams alive in the meantime. I call it New Mum, Who Dis? Well, welcome to our final episode of 2021. I started this podcast with a view to doing like a 10 episode season or series, and this is number 20. I wanted to finish the season with something a little more personal, a way of reflecting on the past couple of months, well, the first couple of months of motherhood, but I didn't want to do it alone. So this week, um, I've invited my best friend, Violet, on. Now, Vi and I met at work. She produced my radio show, Ash London Live, which means we've lived in each other's pockets for years, travelled the country and the world together, seen just about every live gig on the planet, met every pop star, eaten at every amazing restaurant, the works. But this year, um, everything changed for both of us because we both had babies in lockdown. My journey to motherhood would have most certainly been a tougher one had it not been for Vi on speed dial. Three months ahead of me on the motherhood journey, never a text or a call unanswered. Talking about herself doesn't come very naturally to Violet, so you know what they say, opposites attract. Uh, this is a big deal. I also need to point out to avoid confusion that her husband is also called Ash, which is hilarious. To round out season one of the Ash London podcast, the woman, the myth, the legend. Hello, my darling. I'm so excited. I feel very honoured. Yeah, you should feel honoured, bestie. Now, I do want to point out, first of all, that people would make assumptions about you because you're very loud and in your face, you know, so people might think you're like me, but you are actually, having known you for many years now, really private. Very private, absolutely, yeah. I get really overwhelmed when I share things. I, I don't know, I just don't like sharing. It's mm. I've gotten better as the years have gone on, but I reckon people didn't know I had a boyfriend for five years. Yeah. I reckon until we got married. People were like, wait, Violet's got a boyfriend? <laughs> and even when you got married, tell everyone when you told me you were getting married. Um, I think it was the week before, wasn't yeah. it? You were like, by the way, are you busy on this day? And I looked yeah. at you and I was like, you're getting married, aren't you? And you're like, don't make a big deal. <laughs> like I've never been able to make a big deal over you because you refuse to have a big deal made. And then I feel bad yeah. afterwards and I'm like, oh, does she think I didn't care? Because you're so <laughs> low-key. Whereas I am like, I want a full marching band. Everyone, look at me. 
I mean, and the reason I want to discuss this is because we are very different. And we I'm approached, getting hot now. Yeah, <laughs> can't handle it. We approached pregnancy very differently, polar opposites really. But we always hoped and you always said that you would manifest us getting pregnant together. But you went yeah. first. But harking back to the whole Violet is very private thing, our journeys to pregnancy were very different. And before you had Finn, you had a pretty tough time. Yeah, look, um, it was a little bit harder for me and my partner. So not last year, the year before, just before Christmas, I was that first time I was pregnant um, and I remember going to find out the sex of our baby and then I had found out that the baby's heart had stopped beating. Um, and I remember you were, you were in Italy with or somewhere yeah. with Adrian's parents and I remember I was just so heartbroken and I think I hadn't spoken to you for two days because when um, I hear bad news or there's something bad going on in my life, I shut off. I yeah. don't speak to people. I turn my phone off. It's just, it's a terrible way of dealing with things, but it's how it's I way. deal with things. It is definitely my way. So obviously we do speak to each other 24 seven. So if you don't hear from me, something's up. Yeah. So I think you knew something bad had happened. Well, in this weird I don't know if it's like a besties connection. Every time on that trip I would go to buy something for the baby, something yeah. within me was like, no. And I remember the day before I found out there were these little Timberlands and I was like, I'm going to buy them for Violet. And then I had this like really strong sense because I hadn't heard from you for a day and I was like, "Yeah, don't buy the Timberlands. And when I haven't heard from you, I will either text your husband, Ash, or your mama. <laughs> And I thought, <laughs> so, who do I text? Yeah, and it was Christmas Eve, and I I remember yeah. thinking, shit, if something bad has happened, this is the worst timing ever. Violet isn't going to want to talk about it, but it maybe in a selfish way, I, I needed to know. And eventually, it was Ash that sent me a text. Yeah, and um, I'm a very positive person. You know, yeah. I I believe that. Um, I do believe in God and I believe that that happened for a reason and I I I was upset I absolutely was but I knew for some reason mm. it wasn't that wasn't time I wasn't meant to be a mum then um, and then I remember I couldn't fall pregnant and every month I, I think I can't remember you'd be like oh Violet, are you pregnant? Or you know, you pee on the stick. I was the obvious. I was the queen of the ovulation I, stick. So I just I like, do want to say I wasn't harassing you. This is the relationship we have. Like yes. we know when the other person ovulates. We know when periods are due. Yes. You are the other person in my relationship with Adrian. So that's very normal yeah. for us. And you were almost, I knew you guys were going to start thinking about having a baby and, I, you know, there was all this pressure, I think, and I don't know if we've ever spoken about this, but I remember always feeling pressured. Like I was like, shit, I need to fall pregnant because if everyone around me falls pregnant, I'm going to be like, what's wrong with me? What is happening? Because we were all at that stages in yeah. life and I was struggling to fall pregnant. Um, and then I found out I had, a, you know, something wrong medically and I had an operation and, and then the next month at my wedding, the next, I think it was the next week or the week after I found out I was actually pregnant. Finally. So at your wedding, were you pregnant or did you get pregnant after your wedding? No, it must have been uh, the week after. Like I, oh, I your did mom's not dreams coming true, her, her daughter having a baby <laughs> in wedlock. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So I, I, I was like, is this, am I being punished? Is this why I can't have a baby? Like, Did you really think that? Yes. So you went to a bad place. I remember saying to Ash, let's just effing get married because I reckon this is the reason why I'm, we're not having a baby. And you know him, he's like, does not believe me. Yeah, Anything nothing. So. <laughs> and he's People like, do no, need I'm to understand crazy. that when you're raised in uh, ethnic, and your family aren't super religious, but there's always a religious hangover stuff. So I think there is Absolutely, always an element yeah. of like guilt or, you know, yeah. like bad things happen if you do bad, even if we don't actually believe that. When push comes to shove and you're in a situation where you're desperate and heartbroken, you do have crazy thoughts like that. Absolutely. And what happened? I felt pregnant the month after. <laughs> so when you peed on the stick, I mean, because when you have such a horrible thing happen already and there's so, yeah. and even when you don't, because I remember when I, I never had a miscarriage and we, we fell pregnant relatively quickly, but I was still petrified. Like I peed on the stick and there was joy, but it was like, shit, now I have to keep this thing. How am I? Yes. I don't want it. So I imagine that would have been so much worse for you. Yes, it was. So we see the same acupuncture lady. Shout out to you, Isabella. I love your work. Isabella, yeah. So she was helping me before I felt pregnant and I just remembered just putting all my trust in her and what she did, knowing that I would carry, um, you know, this baby to term. Um, And I remember taking, seeing her every single week, taking the medicines, not doing anything. Like, you know, I love the beach and it was like summertime and I was so scared to go into the cold water. But- yeah, because she's Chinese doctor. <laughs> oh, we were the same. She's like, keep warm, don't go into the ocean, keep socks yeah. on. So we'd go to the beach. It was like 30 degrees and Adrian's swimming away and I'm just sitting there like, I just got to stay warm. <laughs> yes, and it's freaky. Like I remember it was, I was 10 weeks pregnant, I hemorrhaged really bad. And I, rem- I remember being at work. I remember. And I this. just finished it. We just, I think we, I don't know what had happened, but it was before a show because I remember you left yes. before our show was on. And at this point, I had an inkling you were pregnant, but you hadn't said anything. And I knew, no. like, with everything that's happened, I'm not going to ask. If she wants to wait nine months, so be it. But you, like, went to the bathroom and then classic Violet smoke bombed. Yes. And then sent a message an hour later, like had a family emergency. Yes. I didn't tell anyone. It was very, very scary for me. Of course. Um, and there was just blood everywhere, blood everywhere. Um, and I remember just my doctor just got me straight in. He was like, I just need you to just, it's okay if you're going through this. And I, here I was thinking that I, I was having another miscarriage yeah. and I could not believe that it was happening again. Yeah. Um, but they got rushed me in to get an emergency scan and they said, look, we can see the baby's heart beat. The baby oh is there. How did that feel? Um, I just cried. I just, I want to cry thinking about it because I actually forgot that even happened mm. until I'm talking to you now because I don't know, I just, you block things out of your memory, yeah. right? You just All the bad things pre-baby, when the baby yeah. comes, you forget it all. Right. Um, so, yeah, look, it was a really stressful pregnancy and I was high risk very early on because of everything that had happened. So I was a little bit um, cautious. I think I did tell you, though, bef- I think I ended up telling you at like, yeah. 10 weeks because I remember thinking if we're going to time this correctly and I knew you had just started trying for a baby, our boys would be, you know, three months apart and this would be an amazing journey together. Yeah. And I remember saying to you now, yeah, like, I think you texted Adrian at one point, like, give it a good crack <laughs> this month, please. As yeah. if he was not trying before. He was giving me his badges. You know, he was like. 
it's you know those people that are always like oh we didn't even know it when you're actually trying for a baby because you know when you're ovulating you know it's a very short amount of window yes. mate I never ever want to do that again it ever, is because it is so on. stressful yeah. and it takes the fun out of it it really does but I imagine for Ash and I don't know we don't want to talk about Ash because he can't talk for himself but Okay. It is stressful for the guy when there's that pressure to like, you know, yeah. sometimes we forget that for men also there's the added pressure of we need to have the baby and it's not working. And Yeah. I and mean, Ash and I are polar opposites, you know. We both deal with stress a lot differently. So when he's, you know, got lots of stress at work and stuff, mm. he does struggle to separate it. So yeah. there's obviously you know, lots of pressure from work and then he's getting pressure from me to want a baby. And mm. um, you know what? He was a really good sport about it. <laughs> so I was three months behind you. Yes. So there was only really kind of like, I guess a month and a half, two months between our announcements. And when I announced that I was pregnant, most people weren't like so happy for you and Adrian. They were like, <laughs> you and Violet are pregnant together. <laughs> So the cute. amount of people that messaged me was so funny. I was like, yes, we're on this journey together. It's really cool. You yeah. know, people want to see, you know, they want to see happiness. It. There's so much crap in the world. It's like true. it's fun. But we were so different the way we approached pregnancy. So I bought every book, read everything, did the class. Mm, like you were, really, you were hectic. I was hectic tick like for me that's how I feel calm is to have yeah. the information you not so much no I had nothing I remember <laughs> um I had no book I had no apps I had no I remember the antenatal class I just sat in the background I don't even think I sat in them no you Ash texted me and you were like this is boring and then you made fun of Ash your husband for taking notes I was like well why do you have to bloody know what's happening when you have this baby <laughs> And I was just like, I've got no control over what happens. Why am I going to read these what ifs? Yeah. Make me panic. Well, I don't need to know anything. Little did I know, I needed to know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just thought, I'm not going to listen to this lady telling me about what happens this in professional <laughs> who's studied for decades. Yeah, so I was pretty bad. Uh, I think right at the end I read a chapter of In a Maze, um, yeah, yeah. that one book. I think yeah. I read a chapter and oh I, was, I was like, I read it I'm twice. good. Yeah, I was oh, like, I'm great. good. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't want to know. But you felt like you had a great obstetrician who was like super hands-on. Yes. Who you, and you also, like a crazy person, worked very late into your pregnancy. Yeah, I think because I did take on a new job, there was lots going on in my life. I didn't have time to think about being pregnant. I really didn't. Mm. I just got on with it. And, you know, I, I did thankfully have a pretty good pregnancy besides the health scares. Yeah. I, yeah, um, it, well, I didn't really have morning sickness. I didn't get you any of that stuff. You did a lot of exercise still. You, did, you kept your steps up. <laughs> yeah, I made sure I did 10,000 steps every day, if not more. Even the day that you had the baby, because you told yes. me it was coming because you had a cesarean, unlike yes. me, and the week it was happening, you kind of gave me a general classic Violet. Once again, I had a general idea and I was like, oh, right, but it's Wednesday. And then on Wednesday morning on our Fitbit app, I was like, 6 a.m., she's done 7,000 steps. And I was like, I bet you the reason she's gone early is because she's having the C-section today. And Violet would. She would. Anyone else would sleep in. 
mosey on into the hospital, but you, like the crazy person that you are, were like, this is yeah. my last chance to get my steps in. Yeah, I remember I was like, I had like a 1,000 or 500 steps to go and I'd been admitted into hospital. And the lady's <laughs> like, so you're going to need to take all your gowns off. And I was like, no, no, I'm sorry. I've got 500, 1,000, you know, I just need to keep this on. She's like, okay, but just right before we get the crazy lady. <laughs> you'll need to take your um yeah I think because I knew um what would happen after a c-section yeah. like I, I knew I needed to be strong enough and also you're a crazy person who needs to have your yeah. steps done yeah I need to have my steps done so I, I did just if you're wondering did I get my steps in I absolutely got the 10,000 <laughs> now let's talk about motherhood because I think what I would like us to really discuss in the next couple minutes yeah. um, is just some reflections because we both became mothers in 2020, mm. whatever this is, 20 or 21. You're six months into motherhood and I'm three months into motherhood. So we've both had mm. enough of a crack at it to kind yeah. of, you know, have a good sense of how it's been. So what for you was the most surprising thing about how the last six months has panned out when it comes to what you thought it was going to be like versus the reality? I think for me it, the biggest thing was the hormones and not Gosh. knowing what happens to you after you have a baby. Yeah. Um, and, you know, mothers say, oh, you know, the reason we don't tell you is because you we want you to work it out for yourself. That's bullshit. That is no, bullshit. No. I've told everyone that I know is having a baby. I was just like, look, just so you know, if at any point right after you give birth or you know, a month after, if you feel off, it is normal. And that's one thing about you not reading all the books is that you actually didn't know that for a lot of people, you know, three, four weeks after the baby comes or it's different for everybody, but, you know, your hormones really are out to get you and you feel like you are going crazy. Yeah, and, like, the midwives do tell you, but they tell you just as they're letting you leave with all this information. They yeah. go, oh, just be careful, you know, there's a thing called postnatal blues, and you're like, oh, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm Bitch, tough. I'm super <laughs> <laughs> Um, So definitely that for me, and I think I said this to you as well, just give in. Mm. Give in to, especially for those first six weeks, I just gave in to Finn. I gave in to whatever was going but that's really Whatever hard because we're 35 and for our whole lives, especially you and I, we yeah. get what we want. We do what we want. If we want to go and get a massage, we get a massage. If we want to go yeah. on a holiday to Queensland, we'll just book it and we'll go tomorrow and not ask or tell our husband. Like it's We do what we want. So when yeah. you come from this very much like charmed existence, all of a sudden you have to give up pretty much your rights. It's like, no, you don't have that anymore. Yeah. I think what helped me and you probably you as well, but when I gave birth, I literally gave birth on the Wednesday. On Thursday, we went into complete lockdown. Yeah. So no one could come over. No one could see me. I couldn't go to the shops. I couldn't go anywhere. Um, so I think that helped. I think when Finn was like three months old or four months, you know, the shops, the world mm. started opening up and I was like, Oh my god, my kid's scared of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had your kind of bubble, which means you get to set your own kind of routines and not worry about other people. Yeah, it's so still lonely. Think, yeah, it was it was very lonely. It was intense. Yeah, it was shit. Actually, it was really shit. I was in my last trimester when you were in your fourth trimester. So yes. I was like, you know, in my head, I was going to be out 
ha- having like brunch with Living the gals, your best life. Living our best pregnant life on mat leave, going to Qualia for our baby <laughs> moon. I know you missed. You know, that. I'd be like going to Paddington in a nice maxi and popping yeah, into Mecca, course. and you know. And instead I was on the couch with, again, no visitors, couldn't see Finn because I'm the most yes. COVID-safe person on earth and wouldn't, like, even when you were. we were allowed, I was like masks on standing two metres away from him. Like it was, you were like, you're crazy. But yes. I probably would have liked. To do a bit more? Yeah. You probably would have liked to go to Qualia, let's be real. I would have liked to go to Qualia. I mean, my bank account. No kids allowed. Me. No kids allowed. <laughs> See you in 16 years, Qualia. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah now it's so stiff. Can, can I just say, though, that that little bit when I first gave birth to Finn and you were like in your third trimester by then and I was literally I had lost my entire, I forgot who I was. Mm. You were there knowing that you were about to give birth and he was this crazy lady, absolute crazy lady. Like I would mess you and I'm like, I need you now. And you're like, yep, coming. Like and all we could do was go for a walk and, yeah. and you'd be like every day you're checking out, be like, yep, walk now. Like I remember I was like, I just got in home and I just needed to run away from everything around me because it was so scary. And then now I think about it, I was like, shit, I didn't even think about how you were feeling. You're about to give birth and <laughs> I probably scared the living daylights. No, <laughs> I was just so glad that you were for the first time since I've ever known you admitting that you needed help because you had yeah. never done that. And I was like, if she's saying she needs to see me or hang out or talk, yeah. she's struggling because it was just so foreign and then you did that Instagram post you said usually I'm a very private person but I feel the need to share this the last seven days I've been suffering a bad case of postnatal blues I didn't know this was a thing until now usually I'd tell myself to harden up but the anxiety was crippling and I was crying over everything giving birth during COVID and being in lockdown probably hasn't helped I reached out to my family friends random mums groups and anyone who asked me how I was the support has been beyond heartwarming and made the dark days brighter. I knew I was loved, but this is another level of love. I've been sent care packages, flowers, mouth-watering food. I mean, spaghetti. And my yes. phone hasn't <laughs> stopped. I'm forever grateful for these beautiful humans. You have no idea how much your support has helped me every day, and I'm feeling more like myself. Um, if you've gotten this far, thanks for reading. I have a newfound respect for mums, especially mine. Shout-outs to you, Amal, who has gone above and beyond for us. Now, what was the feedback like from that because I know a lot of people will um, got in touch yes everyone like th- I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thinking back to it, I get a bit sick in the belly because I yeah. just remember how I felt. Um, but the amount of mums that reached out to me and said, you are not alone, this is so real, and then shared what they had been through I was just like to myself, Violet, like you need to get your shit together because you're so lucky that you, you mm. were just feeling s- something that's yeah. really small, you know, that not not taking away from what I felt, but I just, yeah, it was just amazing and it was so overwhelming and I just couldn't believe that mums felt the way yeah. they did 
so many of them. And, and, you know, and some of them do continue to feel that way. But I think because I was so blind and I didn't do my research, I didn't know there was these organisations that help these mothers, you know. I'm like pandas are really, really um, a great source for mums who are struggling. I had no idea those existed. Like I said, I didn't even know what postnatal blues or depression was you, mm. you hear the, those words thrown around but you never think it's going to happen to you you don't think until, it's going to happen to you because you're like i'm fine i'm tough i'm strong i want this yes. baby i want to be pregnant i'm you know yeah. like it's in you you lost a baby so you're like why would i ever be sad once i yes. get my baby but the hormones oh. make you feel like you are not even living your own life like you don't know like I I remember and I was lucky I didn't kind of really have anything that I could diagnose it was just like the hormones and having those moments and thankfully thanks to you really I was very prepared and I was going into it going (laughs) okay no it was good because when it did hit when I had those moments and for me it was all around breastfeeding I get very anxious when I breastfeed and my body my hormones go crazy and I'd have horrible thoughts, and then, it, but it's like the idea that you just have to tell yourself, "This isn't me. This is my hormones. Like it's not yeah. there's something wrong with me, you know." And everyone's experience yeah. is so different. And thankfully, you can kind of go. Like, I would just Google everything, and that I feel like I didn't even think Buddy loved me at first because he was yes, giving I me nothing, yeah. and I was like, "He sits on my boob, and I breastfeed him. He doesn't even look at me. Yeah. I just imagine that." when I got my baby, I would instantly fall in love with him and we'd look into each other's eyes and we'd be bonded forever. And part of me was like, is this because I always thought I was going to have a natural birth and would labor yeah. and I didn't get labor. Maybe it's because I didn't go into labor and then all and of a sudden I was so prepared and I was so prepared for this amazing labor I was going to have. I think part of me actually thought, well, because you didn't have labor, you like, I don't know, some transformative experience was taken from you and then all of a sudden you got this baby but, you know, because you didn't feel him come out and have that. Yeah. But it turns out, you know, it eventually happened. We eventually, I felt like he yeah. got, but I actually Googled does my baby and then like it like it came up straight away like does my oh, baby hate me? Does my baby not love me? Why doesn't my baby love me? Why am I bonding with yeah. my baby? And I was like, okay, like this is quite normal to feel this way. Yeah. And you know what? It's so important because you always just go over really quickly of all those things that just happened to you. But when you say them, that's very traumatic. In your head, you envisioned, I remember you had your playlist, you knew exactly what was happening. And then like you had a day, whatever, wasn't it? It was like 24 hours. I remember you texting me going, this is what's happening. It's it's go time. Like you didn't even have time to process it. I at least had, you know, two weeks knowing that. Yeah. I was going to have a C-section. So when you don't, and it, and I was quite fine with a C-section. To yeah. be honest. Well, in the end, I was in, fine with it. But you're right. It's yeah. not what you envision. No. So that would have been triggering. It was. And part of me even thought, well, maybe Adrian isn't going to like have the same experience. Or he's going to think that it wasn't as beautiful. as Because in our mind, you know, he'd done the training too. And we knew what we were going to do. We were going to do it together. And then I was like, you did all the training you made him do. Oh, my gosh. The calm (laughs) birth, the books, the playlist, the writing in the notebook. We had it all. Everything. Everything. But I think it was the perfect introduction to motherhood because you can't plan shit. 
you can't even plan to meet someone at a time because chances are <laughs> no, you like that time is not going to work for this small human. He doesn't no. know that you've coordinated schedules with your bestie to meet at Centennial <laughs> Park for a walk. He's, I don't give a shit. You're really good though. Hour. You're very good in the sense that you'll go, okay, he's up. Well, I'll put him for a walk. You know, he can sleep while he walks. You know, I, I do envy that about you, that you've just kind of gone with it. But I have a baby that relaxed. allows that for now. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. if I had a different baby, I would have had to be a crazy routine lady like you. <laughs> Is that the producer in me? Right. <laughs> okay, now I'm looking at the time going, oh, Finn, he should be asleep now. <laughs> mm. But you did have troubles. He was, you know, like didn't like the formula. How many formulas did you end up trying? 14,000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because my milk dried up very, I'll tell this really quickly because I know we've been talking forever. Um, my milk dried up and um, they used to make me, not used to make me, I, I chose to express, pump, formula, feed, top up. By the end, six weeks later, my milk completely dried up and there was not enough milk and Finn had colic and reflux and very, very intense gut issues and the formula that he was on was not helping. And no one knew what formula to tell me to go on. They just mm. kept saying try. But then each formula you need to try for two weeks. Yeah. So it was the worst and he was scream all the time until... I decided to go with goat milk because it is more gentler on the mm. stomach. But even then, like the pediatrician was like, oh, yeah, good on you. I heard that one's um, oh, gosh. people it are is... liking that one. And you're like, why the fuck didn't you put that on the list of 17 <laughs> other thousand you gave me? But you, like, couldn't even, you couldn't even get in to see a doctor, remember, because it was no. peak COVID yes. and doctors wouldn't even... And they misdiagnosed him because it was over. It was over the phone. Oh, mate, fuck! You forget. Excuse me. You forget <laughs> all those shit things, don't you? Yes. Like, and you want to like yell it from the rooftops because you're like, part of you is like, you want every mother or pre-mother to know hmm. how hard and how unsure and how terrifying it is, but it's also so wonderful. But it's like, can you even tell someone? I don't know. I think, can you? Yeah, you Because if someone had told me, would I have even listened or would I have still assumed that I would be the exception, which I tend to do? Yeah. Look, we probably would have thought we were would be the exception. Absolutely. That's not happening to us. Yeah. But if it did happen, we would have gone. But then again, I we don't, well, you have friends who have babies, but I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really, I don't really have friends with babies, really, that, mm. And even if I did, I wasn't asking them, hey, did your baby have colic? Like, what was it like breastfeeding? Did, they, yeah. did your milk just, you know, it's, I don't know. But did you baby. find, you definitely found, you didn't have a great experience with mother's group, did you? It was more of a kind of a social, a social club. Oh, my mother's group. RIP to that WhatsApp <laughs> group. <laughs> delete. Control of delete. <laughs> See ya. I do not want to hang out with you at the beach. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> but, yes, I do need to help. How do I help my crying baby at 3 a.m.? Yeah, Mother's Group wasn't it for me, but there are so – and you know what? I'm a bit upset about that because there are so many mums you talk to who have friends or, you know, they, they're, they're, they're still friends with, you know, the yeah. kids from Mother's Group 30 years ago and stuff like that. But that's okay because you're my Mother's Group, yeah. you know, there are girls from my high school that, you know, had babies around the same time that we just reconnected with. I don't know. Don't you think when you're a mum, you just don't care who you talk no. to? Like you just if they're think, a mum, yes. you're like, 
my vagina's doing this. Is this normal? Like you don't care. It's like I'm, you just I'm the don't same. Anyone? Yeah, yeah. Like people are like people I I know like Casey Frame who we worked with. I knew yes. Casey, oh, but you know her. she had a baby the same time as you, and she was an amazing person to chat to. Just sometimes all you need is someone to say that's normal. Yes. Like yeah, but, that's and, fine. That's you're not weird. I remember the GP saying to me, "You're the mum in the mothers group." that has it worse than everyone else. There's always someone that's got it worse than you. That's what he said. And he goes, and you're that girl. I feel <laughs> so like you like, did get it. You had a rough go of it, Vi. And, you yeah, know, I almost feel it, guilty because I'm like, oh, shit, man. Like, like so I've had an good. easy go and I wish I'd been I wish I'd been more supportive to you, even though I was, like, about to no, have a baby. No, you were but so You had a rough, so you had supportive. a, I think you've had the best attitude. Like, a lot of women would have been like, I mean, what are you going to do, though? Like, you have no option, do you? And, yeah, my mum, God bless her mum, that's mm. all I can say, and my amazing husband who has been who was very supportive. Um, but I just I do believe that you're not given something you cannot handle, yeah. and even though Finn can be a bit challenging, I know I can handle it, mm. you know. I, I know I can because he's the best little kid. Like he's just learned to roll on his belly and now he doesn't want to sleep anymore. So... <laughs> Good on you. Just you get one milestone that you celebrate <laughs> and then no more sleeping. Do you find yeah. yourself getting caught up in the he should be doing this, he should be doing that, or can you separate yourself from that? Not anymore. Uh, I used to, absolutely. I, because, you know, a fr- friends of ours, Catherine and Ego, they just had their baby and she sent me a video of um, Noah doing tummy time, right? He was two weeks old. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, he's holding his head better than Finn. But then I thought to myself, no, 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 Violet, for the first eight weeks, Finn could not be anywhere but in your arms yeah. or on your boob. You know, like we didn't do tummy time. So, look, Finn is probably a little bit, but then he's a lot more advanced in other things. So mm. I don't, I used to really care. Yeah. I really did. Of course. I, I, I did care. It's hard not to because you're like, you have this human being and your job is to make sure that they develop properly and they're not. Yeah. Like, I remember it was like Buddy was 10 weeks and he was supposed to be able to track your finger and he wasn't yeah. tracking my finger. And I was like, oh, God, I need to take him to the doctor. Like, and I'm getting every toy I can to make him track the freaking toy. And then a week later he's tracking it yes. fine. And I'm like, why didn't I And just- that's the thing. Buddy's, remember, he came three weeks early. Yeah. So Buddy is already tracking quite advanced for his Thank age. You, so that's it. what I always say. To I'm so embarrassed. Stop it. Yes, he's a, he takes after me. He does. He's so smart. If you could go back to Violet the night before she met Finn and just tell yourself, give yourself a pump up and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? I would have told myself even though you are going to feel like you cannot handle it and it is all going to be too much. You are going to be the most amazing mother and Finn is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you. You're going to block out all the noise around Mm. you because there is a lot of noise, a lot of people telling you you should do things a certain way. Don't listen to those people. Go with your gut. If I was listening to those doctors who told me to try 30,000 different formulas, Finn would not be where he is today. We'd still be going in and out, going to see gastroenterologist, whatever that word is too hard for me to say. (laughs) Um, You know, we would have just, it would have been a really tough battle, but just you know what's best. And even though there's that little voice in your head saying, is it though? Mm. Is he really sick? You think when you're a first-time mum, you don't know what you're doing. So 
a lot of the time you discount your gut instinct because you're like, well, how would I know? I've never done this before. But then I soon learned that, no, 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 even though I haven't done this before, I grew this baby. Like I know what is best for him. If my gut is telling me X, Y, Z, I need to go with that because that that, that is the closest thing to truth. And it is so true. Even little things like, the grow egg thermometer thing is saying this, but I feel like he's a bit too hot. Well, yeah. it's saying that at 24 degrees he should have, you know what, I'm going to just take the layer off. Like little things like that, you know, even magically you just know what this kid needs. I think also we think, oh, God, they we're first-time mums, we don't know, or the doctor's going to be like, oh, they're too being too yeah. conservative. Who cares? You don't know them. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. If I hadn't called the hospital, they probably wouldn't have diagnosed my preeclampsia when they did. Like it was me thinking, I texted you, I was like, "Mm, I've got this weird headache. And she said they've had a headache. And you were like, call the labor ward. And you're like, I'm okay. I think I'm, I'm, I was was like, this isn't something to freaking muck around with. Yeah. And buddy came the next day. Like they, 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 I peed in a cup, did a blood test and they were like, we're getting this baby out. I remember you thinking, what if I had just ignored it for a couple of days instead? Like, God knows what would have happened. But it, there is yeah. so much truth in that that we need to learn to trust ourselves and block out the noise. Absolutely. You're good at blocking block out the noise. Happened. Oh, yeah. In a literal sense, put the AirPods in and block out the noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, walking through the park and people are like, your baby's crying. I'm like, bitch, I'm trying to get him used to the pram. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and... Finally, last question is that there's a third person for both of us in this relationship and that is a husband, a partner, and I Mm -hmm. know that our relationship has changed a lot. Like me and Adrian were never argued, never fought, never disagreed, never really had any tension ever. And, um, yeah, look, the baby's come (laughs) and it changes everything because you're tired and you're stressed and yeah. I'm hormonal and he would ne- could never understand even if he wants to. What way do you think your relationship has changed the most? Sometimes, and I'm going to be completely honest, and Ash will probably hear this because he's in the next room, I think sometimes I get angry because I wish there was more responsibility on Ash as yeah. there is on me. Um, but that's our relationship, mm. right? Because he went back to work really early on. And um, even though sometimes he's working from home, I just assume, why can't you help me? The baby's crying. But no, 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 he's working. So he's technically yeah. not inside the house. Um, so I think, yeah. It's hard. That anger is hard. And I think 99% of mums probably feel exactly the same way. And it's, it's yeah. hard to get your head around because you know logically that it's you know unfair to feel that way but when you know in the middle of the night when you're sitting there feeding and they're a slag agent like is and he's a lot more hands-on because he works part-time from home so it's completely different you know Mm. but still if I'm feeding in the middle of the night and Adrian is snoring I'm fucking like I, the emotion, like I stare at that silhouette and I'm like, yes. I tap Ash now and I'm like, your turn to get up. And he's like, do you want to go to work? I was like, I technically sometimes do work, babe. Like maybe it's not a nine to five job. I do work. It's hard that. though. It's really hard because for us it is 50-50 caregiving because we're both home. Yeah. But I'm still the mum. 
I'm stand up and I'm breastfeeding, so of course it's different yeah. as well. But there, you know, there are just some things that dad can't do, or maybe you don't want them to do. It's never, I think, going to be completely equal. And That's I think that thing. it does feel it, at times when you're tired, it just feels unfair and you feel misunderstood. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes the hormones, like Adrian can never understand how much my hormones have messed with my emotions and how I feel about mm. my body, especially and everything. So I think that's a frustration for me because I just wish he could, sometimes I feel like because he can't understand how much my hormones are making me feel crazy, that sometimes it gets discounted. Whereas I want to be like, you have no idea what it feels like, this chemical soup in my body. Like you, and he, yes. he has no idea. Even though it was no. 12 weeks ago that I gave birth. I still don't feel like myself and I still feel like I'm a crazy person some days. And you are breastfeeding still and you still get, you know, yeah. you get sick every time you breastfeed. It is very hard for you. So I think you need to not discount that as well. Mm. But you are very open and honest with Adrian. Sometimes yeah. I'm just like, oh, I just like to keep the peace sometimes yeah. or I just, oh, I'm whatever, I don't care. But it's so important to make time for your relationship as well. Oh, it's so, so hard. You know? It's so hard. <laughs> How do you do date night? Like, oh my god, we've been trying for two. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, he's like, "What do you want for Christmas?" I'm like, "A night in a hotel without you and the baby." He's like, "No, it's never gonna happen." I'm like, "It's all I want, though." Like, you ask me what I want. It doesn't have to be. I'll go in at 10 p.m. and I'll and I'll come back home at 10 a.m. It's 12 hours. He said no, and I was like, "Okay, well then you can Very come cool. with me and Mum can take the baby, but we'll get one of those oh, rooms that's got nice. two double beds because I don't want anyone touching me the whole night." I don't want any bodily, <laughs> my body to myself and I want the aircon on and, you know, I'm going to leak breast milk all over the hotel sheets and not have to wash the and sheets that's okay. afterwards. <laughs> you just, you've just got to do those things for you. Do it. Do it. Yeah, just you did it last week. Yeah, I was texting yeah. you like I'm at the Sofitel or whatever. I was like, all right, bitch. <laughs> I just needed, I just wanted a night out, out of these walls. Yeah, and we have spent a lot of time in the four walls of our house, more yeah. so than a normal pregnant slash new mom and, because of COVID. Yeah, and it's hard. Like we love the beach and it, yeah. you just can't take a newborn to the beach anymore. Well, like it's- lastly, our, our recent trip to the beach was very different to usual because usually we go every day and stay all day yeah. every day. Well, you stay longer because yeah. you're a sun lizard. <laughs> And this was yes. like, you're like, okay, I've just put the pin down. I'm coming now. I'll pick you up. And we like literally like drove to the beach, got in the ocean, jumped in, got out, both looked at our monitors and we're like, shit, the babies are up. You drop me home. Yes. You run home. It was so different. I've never appreciated the ocean more than I did that swim. Same. And it's so important to do that. Yeah. So true. Well, my love, thank you for reflecting with me. Can't believe he's six months old and Buddy's three months. I I cannot it's believe it. Freaky. We're it proper is moms. so freaky. Yeah, we're proper. I hate calling myself like a proper mum. You know I me. Mean? I get all weird. Yeah, and I'm, shit. A, I'm, I'm not a sick mom. bitch. I'm still cool. I'm <laughs> sick I tell Buddy all the time. I'm like, mum used to be cool. Like, yes, I've sat here all day feeding you, but I used to go overseas. Me and Auntie Vi, yeah. we used to get up to some cool shit. And we will again. I have no doubt we were. Yes, we absolutely will. You're doing a bloody amazing job, Ashley. It's really hard. Like I could not have done it without you. And I know we we say that we don't mean it. I actually mean it. I mean, my Telstra bill would be a lot lower, but I would have (laughs) 
not cope. So I love you, Bestie. Oh, thank you. Same. Love you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for opening up. I know it doesn't come naturally to you. Oh, gosh. I, I was sweating so much. I had to turn the bloody air conditioning I'm on. I'm sweating to too. To and down. I've got no undies on. So I think I've sweated <laughs> onto the velour chair that I'm sitting on. Oh, yes, good girl. Can't wait to smell that. <laughs> <laughs> smell that? Oh, God. <laughs> love you. <laughs> love you, darling. Well, that's it for the Ash London podcast, season one. Thank you so much for listening, for being a part of this community, for all your emails, DMs and support. It's been such a thrill. And like I've said before on this podcast, it's made me feel like myself again in moments where it feels like, you know, I'm a mum and I'm just a milk machine and my life will never be the same. It's so wonderful to have this little outlet and, and talk with you guys and all of our amazing guests. So thank you. I'll be back in January with more of the good stuff. If you've got a guest or a topic suggestion that you would love to hear me cover, I would love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email, hello at ash.london. I've got to say a big shout out to Dom Evans, who's done all the editing and audio production on the potty. Dom, you are a kind, wonderful and talented genius. And both the hubs and I would be lost without you. We love you. Thanks also to Maddie Houston and to Lisa Bazaz for their contributions to the season. That's it. Happy holidays, happy Christmas, stay safe and well, and I will catch you next year. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.